Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3, and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand, thanks for hanging out, smash that subscribe, smash that like, and come and join us in the chat, aka the Cover 3 tailgate, we got another round of Bonanza, as we are going to be breaking down all the games on December 30th, and those New Year's Day games that are not the playoff games, so... Peach Bowl, Music City, Orange, Arizona, ReliQuest, Fiesta, Citrus Bowl, including a very relevant starting quarterback announcement that we have here for the Citrus Bowl between Tennessee and Iowa. Uh, we will get to that here in just a little bit. Uh, Cover 3 tailgate rocking and rolling with, uh, with all of the best bets that they've got here. We are about three hours from the start of the Wednesday action. Virginia Tech, Tulane, North Carolina, West Virginia, Louisville, USC, and Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. Uh, gentlemen, just said, you know, in the as we are in the moment, you know, with a, with a great live audience joining us here on a Wednesday, uh, any any last minute thoughts as uh, as as we look at the the day's action stuff that we gave a full breakdown to already on yesterday's bowl nanza. I am just looking forward to another great day of bowl game action. Also, Virginia Tech minus ten. No, look, we had Oklahoma State plus two all day, and I'm looking at Oklahoma State minus three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're, and we're going to get to Florida State in a little bit, but it's like we get the the depth charts released for the games, and you say, I'm sorry, who's that? You, you've got wide receivers playing what position now? How many true freshmen is that? I mean, Texas A&M, I think, is sitting on, what, 55 scholarship players? And we're like yeah, border- only three scholarship receivers for A&M for the game. We are like borderline, like, is is this? I'm not, I'm not being dramatic, I promise, because I think they have enough linemen. But like, is is Texas A and M even fielding a competitive roster for this game? I I think some spots on defense they are. Okay. And I mean, like they'll. I mean, look, Oklahoma State's just not that good. So, <sighs> at some spots, A and M will still have the better athlete. But um, I agree with the move. Yeah. Uh, I mean, NFL teams only field fifty three players every Sunday, Chip. That's all you need. <laughs> USC got bed a little this morning, and then. Uh, got bet back if you can still find some louisville six and a half out there i'm not seeing any right now but if, if that gets hit again i i like louisville under uh anything under seven under a touchdown for sure I, I still like it at seven there was actually some seven plus money out there i didn't hate that it was like plus oh eight plus oh nine um totally agree with the vatech move i i don't i don't really want to bet anything right now on north carolina west virginia i, I guess i'll just probably watch that one i didn't watch in those bowl games yesterday i, I didn't watch these today what? you Come missed on, the hell man. of a claim bowl 
I've been feeling tired, man. I, I went to bed last night at like nine o'clock. The quick lane bowl, uh, I heard it was great. Um, what was your favorite passing yard um, <laughs> of the 26 that Cole Kramer had? What were there more of Cole Kramer passing yards or shots of his fiance it's, in the stands? If she, 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 she was getting, an influencer now, right? Yeah, like, is she, yeah, she was getting the Catherine Webb treatment for sure. Yeah, dude, like if she just sets up like a hey, you know, new fiance, first time homeowner influencer Instagram channel with how much he was on TV yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to that's yeah. NIL baby. Yeah. That's go. NIL. That's um, also on Thursday's games, I guess we'll, we'll be back with you, but this is, you know, as, as we're doing an assorted note, I had not put together when we were talking about the pop charts bowl until I was working on a story for cbsports.com. We've got some Missouri Valley conference hate between Dave Doran, Drake graduate of 1990 and Chris Kleiman um of northern iowa graduating class 1993 i mean that is like uh that's, that's some good old-fashioned fcs state of iowa rivalry hate right there so i was watching the two of them like do one of their little like coaches things together i was like they kind of look like the same guy and then you go and you look at him you're like oh they're not that different so cut from the same cloth i'll be interested to see uh what gets together let me just say that reinforces my position on the under Two old Iowa FCS bros. Let's let's go and let's let's play a low scoring game. Okay, before we get into our next set of Bonanza, um, I wanted to at the end of the night. The only reason I wanted to highlight this initially, and though if there's more takes, uh, we can definitely get into that, is that there was some very very fishy line movement in Kansas UNLV. What was at what thirteen or fourteen? All of a sudden, started dropping, 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 dropping. We were getting our reports from the stadium, like, okay, some of the Kansas quarterbacks have emerged. And and the popular rumor was that starting quarterback Jason Bean would be out. Um, you, okay, he's stretching. All right, okay, okay, it's fine. Oh, no, now the other quarterbacks are out. And it just it was a nice reminder that sometimes all these rumors, like sometimes the betting market is no different than the stock market in terms of its volatility and being willing to just like chase rumors to buy prices, especially during bowl season, because that thing drops, 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 drops. And not only does Jason Bean play, he throws for 449 yards and six touchdowns. Mm -hmm. What else happened in that game, Chip? Kansas won 49 to 36. They covered. But what else happened in that game, Chip? Anything, anything out of the ordinary? Oh, at like the very end of the game? No, was it one team called for eighteen penalties worth two hundred and ten yards? Oh, do you do you think that that is that's the 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 hook here that somebody that somebody knew something about the officials? I'm just saying, Kansas was called for fifty five penalties all season long and got called for eighteen penalties last night. UNLV got called for nine for ninety nine yards. It was a freaking flag fest the entire night. I didn't do anything with this game. Um, I just. Look, Kansas as a coaching staff gets their quarterbacks ready regardless. I, I, we already saw when Bean was out how well Kansas State played with, with, with a, um, or how, how well Kansas played against Kansas State with their third string quarterback. So I, I thought it was, you know, a bit of an overreaction. Um, I don't think anybody knew anything about the refs. I'd be surprised if we did. I, I, I obviously I, the rumor for for Bean was going around all day. Right. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a third string quarterback. You know, who else has the flu? The flu is obviously going around. So. Um, 
I don't know. I think it's, it's a standalone game on a day where there's no NFL and, and no other real sports going on. So, so people are just going to chase. It was just, it was an interesting reminder to me that just because you see that number moving, like the, it is very popular. And Bud, like I'm very glad that you've been able to give us insight into this. This is a very basic, low hanging fruit for someone to be like, Vegas knows. And it's like, yeah. does Vegas know? Or does, do enough influential people think? or surmise or willing to risk enough that you're going to end up moving the line just a little bit because again the the, the refs part isn't interesting very interesting factor especially when it's the final score is 13 points <laughs> to be clear I'm just messing around if UNLV hadn't been called for any penalties I would say that maybe there's something to it but there were just everybody was being called for penalties all night and, and look Kansas doesn't have a stout defense but um and I didn't stay up for the entire game but a little bit, a step slow, you know, a little bit undisciplined. Like there was, there was some unlance Leipold like performance in general, mm-hmm. you know, out of that group. But uh, another big highlight for Kansas from the night, Devin Neal, just uh, 20 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown here. But the all big 12 running back announces that he will be back for the Jayhawks next, se- next season. When we talk about the future of the big 12 Without Texas and Oklahoma, you know, we often, you know, we, we point to a Kansas State. You know, we, we look at, you know, who are going to be those teams that occupy the, the top. Um, as we're thinking about the Jayhawks now nine and four on the season uh, to close out 2023, where do you think that the Jayhawks should set their expectations for life in the new Big 12? I'm looking at their schedule here 2024, Kansas schedule. I mean, they're. I don't know if they're, they're, they're not going to be the favorite going into next year, but I was going to say, I think we've got like a top four conversation, which well, is top four minimum. I, I okay, think they're going to cool. be one of the favorites because they do have a lot of like Jalen Daniels is coming back. Um, Devin Neal is coming back. I, I think if you look at the experience and talent that they have and just what they've done the last two years, they're going to be one of the favorites, at least one of the three favorites, but yeah, they're, they're going to be good. I mean, they, they dodge Utah. Who else do they dodge? This is going to be an interesting exercise for the offseason, right? Like, mm-hmm. So they play in conference. Damn pop-up ads. Uh, <laughs> they play in conference Arizona State, Baylor, BYU, Colorado, TCU, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas State, West Virginia. So they don't play Arizona either? They don't play Arizona. No. So, But they do have to play five road games and only get four home in conference. Because that's the other thing is I I can very I can very quickly say Kansas top four but when we when you have to factor in what you're getting with a Utah and with an Arizona, um, now you've got to start also making room for them because I think Kansas is fighting with those teams for spots. Mm-hmm. The only thing I feel confident about with the Big Twelve is the champion will have two losses. Like that's really, but I I don't know who's going to win it. I just know that it's going to be a bloodbath because everybody in that league is capable of beating everybody else battle tested big 12 banging the table i mean you want you want to talk about bid thief when we go into conference championship saturday big 12 Mm -hmm. is going to be one that a lot of people are looking at all those teams that are sweating out at large bids those those will be spots where i think it could happen Uh, again kansas with a 49 to 36 win against unlv uh, in the guaranteed rate bowl late on Tuesday night. All right. We got to turn our attention to the remainder of the non-playoff games in our next edition of Bonanza. So we'll get into that and more next
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast as we turn our attention to the next edition of Bowl Nanza. And we begin on Saturday, December 30th. First game of the day is one of the best games, uh, in my opinion, um, of our remainder bowl slate. It is Penn State against Ole Miss. The Nittany Lions, three and a half point favorites, over under a 48 and a half. We are talking about some selective Opt-outs, you know, obviously uh, Olu Fashinu is not going to be a part of the bowl game. He's going to be getting ready for the NFL draft where he's expected to be one of the first offensive linemen taken. Um, but man, when I'm looking at the availability, when I'm looking at some of the motivations here, Tom, am I wrong to think that this is like the, the perfect apex of how good was this team and how close to that team's performance we should expect here with Penn State and Ole Miss? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think losing Fashanu is a very big deal for Penn State because he's their best pass blocker by far, and they're not a great run blocking team to begin with. They're also missing Chop Robinson, who's getting ready for the NFL draft, who is one of their best defensive players. So, I mean, when you look at some of the other games we're going to be talking about, there aren't nearly as many opt-outs in this one as there could have been, but there's still quite a bit of you know useful players either opting out or in the portal. So I do think... For a non-playoff bowl, this to your point, maybe this is as reasonable expected for like a New Year's Six kind of game to be at full strength. So it should be a fun game, and it should be an interesting game. But I, I really, I don't know if I would say Penn State's probably eighty-five percent, not a hundred percent. I'm I, also looking just now. By the way, Mark Brennan, yeah, I was going to say, guys, in sports. He said that uh, Olu and Kalen King practiced with the team oh. in Atlanta on Tuesday, yesterday. So if they were a part of yesterday's practice, they're either just going through it or would be a late-minute, last-minute opt-out, or maybe they're going to end up playing. No, if they're, if they're practicing, I think they're playing. Like, yeah, if they're practicing in three days of the game, I, I would expect them to play. Yeah, that's huge. If Olu plays, that's huge. That That's a big deal for Penn State because without him, I don't think their offense is going to do much. But what's your reason here? Um, well, I kind of like Penn State here. Uh, I, I think that it's a bit. It's a higher quality of athlete, and they seem to have most of their guys and, and take the game seriously. Uh, I, Ole Miss, I'm really hyped about for next year, but I really just don't think this year's Ole Miss team is all that good. Uh, so I, I do kind of lean Penn State, haven't bet it, but uh, for like bowl pool, pool purposes, I, I prefer Penn State. Man, you know, just the consistency of Bud hating on Ole Miss. <laughs> Made me through about 19 weeks of the season, just rock solid. Um, I, give me the over. Too many athletes. What's it at? 48 and a half. Oh, that's kind of low. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that. I thought I was thinking it would be in the low 50s. Sure, 48 yeah. and a half. Let's do it. Key number, key number. Uh, anything from the dentist on this one? I haven't heard from the dentist. Let me let me text him. Um, I, I, I think that we've got a spot where. You know, in this game in particular, it it 
first of all, as we've said often, could be a great live betting game. It's the first game of the day, which means you don't really know how those opening you know frames are going to go. But I do think that over the course of four quarters with these two teams, my expectation is that these offenses are going to be able to go out there and score some touchdowns on each other. Bud has elaborated on you know sort of what he thought about the 2023 three, not 2024 version of the Ole Miss defense. And don't forget, this Penn State offense still has something left to prove. You know, you go through the coaching change at offensive coordinator, you go through sort of just the falling short against the best teams on your schedule. Uh, I could see Penn State wanting to get out there and make sure that you go and score 24, 28, 30, put 30 on the board uh, just as a nice way to establish some rhythm uh, for your offensive backfield, all of which is going to be back together for next season. Also, for anyone wondering why they're playing the Peach Bowl at noon on Saturday, it's because the Orange Bowl will be at four and they don't want to play at night because there will be NFL games. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Peach Bowls, but no, Peach and Cotton sometimes get that early draw. Those but there two- are no there are no primetime games for college football on Saturday. A a nighttime or a, a daytime orange bowl feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. That that's a game that's almost always at night. I feel like, mm-hmm. like it'll probably be dark by the fourth quarter, but yeah, yeah it's the NFL's stealing Saturday, taking Saturday from us. It's disrespectful. That's what I'm saying. Everybody should boycott the NFL this weekend. Send them a message. Except the games on CBS, which we're very excited about that you can watch on CBS and stream on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's a, a early kickoff. Then at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, we go to uh, Nashville for the Music City Bowl. Auburn against Maryland. Uh, Auburn, a seven-point favorite here, over under a 46-and-a-half. I don't want a damn thought. I have, I'm responsible for this game. I had to write the preview. I'll have to write the bowl keep recap afterwards. I want nothing to do with betting this game before it starts. I have, I mean, Talia opting out kind of really changes the calculus on this one. Like, it's hard for me to think Maryland's going to be that good, but do I want to lay a touchdown with Auburn? No, thanks. Yeah, I, I I don't know what to do with this. Um, I mean, Talia being out, I think, is a fairly big deal. Still, their best corner or one of their best corners is out. Uh, Barham, the linebacker, is already transferring. I believe to Michigan. Like, I think he already announced. If he didn't, that's mm-hmm. that's where I'd heard he's going. So, hopefully, that's uh, that's not me breaking news on the show, or maybe if it is, whatever. Um, it's just what you're, you're not reporting. They're, they're, they're starting. Yeah, exactly. Just heard. So, uh, yeah. Their uh, their their starting tight end uh, is also in the portal, and you have another corner who played a lot but lost his job. He's in the portal now. That wouldn't really matter because he lost his job, but. Again, one of your starting corners has uh, has already opted out of the game. I mean, Auburn's got a lot of corners out for this game too, but mm-hmm. I don't know if those guys. How much does it matter with the quarterback situation? Like that—that's going to be something I'm watching. What is the pass rush like for Auburn early in this game? If Maryland can pass pro, I think you can throw the ball on this Auburn secondary, which has a lot of guys out. But uh, if if Auburn's getting pass rush without having to blitz their butts off. Then I'll I'll probably do something live with Auburn. Hugh Freeze, pretty good in bowl games. Um, three and zero as a head coach at Liberty, three and one as a head coach at Ole Miss. Coaching advantage. 
Sure. <laughs> Seven point coaching advantage. Again, I'm, I'll I'll see what happens live, and then I'll make a decision from there. I, I'm not betting anything here pregame. Um, what 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 were your other storylines from the bowl preview? Uh, one was Talia opting out and entering the transfer one. portal. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, another was Auburn. I can't remember what it was. Was one of them series history? I like series history. I series always, history, I always put in the lead. It's, oh, that's it's an excellent one. way to yeah. fill the lead. Um, yeah. It was probably just some <laughs> couple stats. And then like maybe uh, what bowl game is this? The Music City Bowl? Oh, yeah. one of them was about how the Music City Bowl has a t- tendency to be close to exciting games more often than not. That was a very useful thing to know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Shout out to... Uh, Shout out to TJ Yates and Jordan Tennessee Vols and the throat slash. Who was it for the throat slash? Was it Tyler Bray? I it probably was. That seems like a very Tyler Bray thing to do. Yeah, like, personal yeah. foul penalty that cost your team a bowl game. And then he had it tattooed across his back. But like no, like the Tennessee Purdue game was really interesting and fun a couple of years ago. Like this game, you know, it, it gets fun. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, then, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, the four o'clock kickoff. We do have one more game that's going to start after this. It's just going to be on the CW network. The um, the, the, the premier game of the day, the, right. the late starter. Uh, Georgia and Florida State. I'm um, looking at Georgia minus 16 and a half. Florida State over under a 44 and a half. And oh man, who the well, hell is playing for Florida State in this game? It's I correct me. I'm pulling this right off. Here we go. 57 offensive touchdowns were scored by Florida State this season. All but eight of those 57 touchdowns are not going to be participating in this game. And that includes blowout wins against bad teams where the backups got in. So in terms of the percentage of yards and points that Florida State had during the regular season and what's going to be there in the bowl game, I mean, this was what I was referencing at the beginning of the show where you've got wide receivers listed as running backs, true freshmen all over the place. I mean, shout out to Braden Fisk. I did not think that guy was going to play, and he's still listed as a a top-line defensive tackle. I mean, I guess when when you do sprints against Mike Norvell every single day, you build up the stamina to make it all the way through the bowl season. Uh, But what what do we do here? Yeah, I I don't think Florida State cares about this game. the, the opt-outs, I, I, I'm not saying they're protesting, but I, I just think like they got told, hey, your season doesn't matter. And they're like, all right, cool. Our season doesn't matter. Uh, like It's an exhibition. The games that allegedly did matter, they saw their buddy Jordan Travis snap his leg in half, right? And a lot of these guys have NFL futures or you know want to be healthy for workouts. And they're just like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay home and uh, hang out with my family or you know get ready for the NFL. So... No Keon Coleman, no Johnny Wilson, uh, no Jaheim Bell, uh, no Harris, who's already transferred to TCU. He wasn't really a starter, but you know, guy they would rotate in. Uh, down to running backs. Tate Rodemaker practiced with the team for like a good bit until the flight, and then was like, hey, peace, I'm going, because he wasn't going to be a starter next year. Wait, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm 100% confident he was not going to – like that they – even if they had missed on Cam Ward and DJU – I think they would have gone way down the totem pole before they had seriously entertained running the season with Tate Rodemaker. That's just my sources inside the building as far as what they thought of him as a player. So, uh, and then on defense, you are down uh, three starters in the secondary with Dent, Jones, and Green. 
Uh, you're also down a couple defensive linemen, Jared Verse you know, being one of them. And you had a couple guys who elected to get uh, offseason surgery uh, instead of waiting before the bowl game. So uh, maybe some more guys could announce out as well, uh, to be honest, before this game. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, Anything under 21. Because, by the way, let me tell you what I'm hearing from Georgia. Sure sounds like they've got better availability than Florida State does. I mean, we're not going to have Brock Bowers. We're not going to have Amarius Mims. But was it Dumas? Georgia's best players aren't draft. Most of Georgia's best players are not draft eligible. Right. Mm -hmm. Has Bowers officially announced that he's not playing? He did not travel. He's not traveling with the team. Him and Mims did not travel with the team. Okay. Because, like, some of these guys are, um, like, they're allowed to show up later. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if they're already down in my, I, I know some of the guys didn't travel with FSU who are playing. They just, you know, like, Hey, be in Miami by a certain time. Uh, well, so Kirby addressed it. He said, he was like, look, it's up to him. They kind of did the, it's up to him. He's not a hundred percent. He said, everybody who's a hundred percent and has been medically cleared to play is going to play. That's the way they're couching this. And Kirby even said like, you know, he, he played, he came back earlier than he should have. He's put it all on the line for Georgia football. Yeah. You know, he, we we owe him no, you know. There's he made it very clear that if if Brock Bowers did decide to opt out, they were going to be able to be like, well, look, he's not 100, percent so he's going to take care of himself, and we support him. I mean, look, uh, we've seen a tight end in this game seven years ago. Jake Butt from Michigan mm-hmm. was projected as a you know late first, early second rounder. Again, those are just projections. Destroyed his knee in the bowl game in the Orange Bowl against FSU. Fell away to the fifth round. Miss his entire rookie season. His career was never the same. They don't care about this game, and I don't really blame them. Um, some of these guys who can play in it and improve their draft stock, I don't hate on them for doing so, obviously. But, uh, no, I don't think FSU cares. They're starting Brock Glenn, who has been hurt, by the way, since that Louisville game. So, cool. Uh, maybe not 100% third-string true freshman quarterback against Georgia. We will uh, We'll see. I just think this is a brilliant strategy play long-term for Florida State in that if you're trying to make yourself attractive to the SEC, you start with the we didn't want to be there anyway. Now. See, exactly. That, that's so. that's what SEC teams do, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anything anything under 21 is what I'm hearing. I would take the over. Like, honestly, like Georgia might get there by itself. So that, that's an interesting question. If you have enough of these Georgia starters, because most of Georgia's best players aren't draft eligible. Mm-hmm. Right, like most of them are freshmen and sophomores who are really, really good. This is a pretty young Georgia team. Oh, How do we let the young guys throw it around when they get in? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, there was still some seventeen this morning. There were some nine and a half first half. All that got eaten up for the show. I oh, don't. No, this, this becomes a culture win for Kirby Smart. This becomes like a, like we compete every single day. Like this is who we are. You know, we we caught a bad break. Our best left tackle got hurt against one of the best defenses in the country. We we lost a one score game. The refs so, screwed us on that. On yeah, that I mean, like it wasn't a completion. But, but yeah. you know what we do? We we come right back and we maintain the standard. The standard yeah. is the standard kind of game for Georgia. Team total over. Lay the sixteen and a half, and maybe go full game too because they might just cash that too. The, I don't know about full game over because I don't know that FSU scores. Like thirty seven nothing is absolutely in play here. So it's 45 to nothing. <laughs> sure. I mean, right. Yeah. It's going to come down to like how many times they turn it over and give the short field. You know, there, there's enough starters on FSU's defense playing to where 
you'll probably get some explosive scores, but I don't know that you're going to get like 50 explosive you know, points. Like, yeah, so I saw Delo- I mentioned Fisk. Deloach is uh, on the depth chart. Bethune yeah. is on the depth I chart. I think Bethune's going to give it a go. He did have a, a procedure. Uh, Farmer, by the way, also had one. So he's on the depth chart, but I don't know if he's going to play. Um, yeah, there could be more guys not playing this, I'm telling you. Yeah. We'll see. And, and to be clear, I'm not going to judge the the Georgia thing. The the idea of the the culture thing is it has nothing to do with a final score as much as like your standard of performance. You're not going to mm-hmm. let up just right. because of the opponent. Um, and so it'll be very interesting to see. Also, I see Kirby run it up too. Yeah. Yeah. Guy's a killer. <laughs> Every everybody makes a big deal over these. Uh, it, it it's so you know inconsistent you make a big deal over something somebody says in a locker room we heard what kirby said before the tcu game and everyone's like yeah rock and roll all right arizona bowl wyoming and toledo wyoming again got a coaching change but we're uh jay Salvell taking over is craig bowl's not gonna coach the bowl game right i don't know i don't think so uh, but Wyoming three and a half point favorites against Toledo over under 44 and a half. Toledo will not be having Daquan Finn and uh, as well as a few others. So what are we doing uh, on the CW network? Taking Wyoming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. No, um, yeah, I, I to, losing Daquan Finn is just for me too much for Toledo to overcome. Like he is a legitimately good quarterback who was always the best player on the field when Toledo was playing in conference. So you lose him and you're going up against a Wyoming team that isn't like ultra talented or great, but it's a veteran solid team that knows what it's doing and it's in a bowl game that it wants to win. So I just have difficulty thinking the Rockets are going to be able to win this game without Finn. Have we seen Quinion Mitchell? Is, is he playing the, the, the top corner for Toledo? That, that, that's what I don't have yet. I do not um, know. I don't know. I I guess Wyoming, but I, I don't I don't see a ton of value here. The the, the backup Tucker Gleason for Toledo is not that bad. Against Wyoming's offense, your corners? It matters. Yeah, but like yeah. Mitchell has real size. You know, mm-hmm. he, he can tackle a little bit. Got it. All right. <clears throat> Coming up on the other side, we got LSU Wisconsin, Oregon Liberty, and the beginning of the Nico era for Tennessee. We'll be getting into those New Year's Day bowl games and our money line sprinkles next. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, for those of you who um, watch us live here at youtube.com slash cover3, you caught a magical moment during uh, one of the commercial breaks where you know, we're always warned, like, hey, guys, I know that the mics are supposed to mute. Sometimes they don't. Be careful what you say. You always represent CBS. And Bud represented CBS. <laughs> a short round in the tailgate says, don't blow your nose. Uh, magical stuff. Uh, we appreciate everybody who hangs out and watches with us live. All right, so New Year's Day, you're going to be wiping your eyes. You're going to be just shaking off New Year's Eve. You're going to be getting your day started with LSU and Wisconsin in Tampa. It's the ReliQuest Bowl, and the Tigers, double-digit favorites uh, against the Badgers, over under a 55-and-a-half. 
No Jane Daniels in this game. Uh, obviously, our, we've got co-offensive coordinators for the bowl game after Mike Denbrock's departure uh, to go be the new offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Wisconsin flew a little bit further below the radar than a lot expected. Um, you know, had some bad losses in there, took a while to get their footing, and now they're going to show up in kind of a big stage. Tom, what do we expect from the Badgers in terms of what they're bringing to the table and how they're going to look in a game that, for my judgment, is a little bit more of those leading you into 2024 rather than like a true capper on the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, they don't have Braylon Allen. They lost Chesma Lucy early in the year to injury, though he'll be back next year. Allen's getting ready for the NFL. They've lost a couple of receivers in the transfer portal. Like, I think DK ended up in Florida to reunite with uh, Graham Mertz. Like, this isn't a full-strength Wisconsin offense, and this Wisconsin offense wasn't great all year. Like, it was dealing with injuries, just quarterbacks, it's running backs. So it, there's a part of me, when I look at this matchup, just knowing how LSU's defense has been all year, to be like, man, I can't trust LSU to cover 10. It's like, it's not even about Jaden Daniels being out because I think with Nussmeyer in, they'll be fine. But I, I just, it's hard for me watching this Wisconsin offense kind of struggle all year to think that without Braylon Allen and, and those guys, that they're going to find a ton of success moving the ball in this game. I, I think I would take LSU. I, I, 10 is just a tricky number. I'm probably going to stay away from pregame, but I would like to see how this one starts before betting it. But if I'm t- if I'm forced to take a side pregame, I, I would take LSU. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of with you there. I I, I like Nussmeyer. Um, there's a lot of guys who are in the portal for Wisconsin, but I don't know if they're going to play or not. So that that's going to be something I'm going to be watching for in pregame to see if, if they actually do and go ahead and give it a go. Uh, but a good number of starters. I, I just I think LSU can block Wisconsin pretty well. LSU has a lot of really good offensive linemen. And if those receivers play as they're supposed to be playing, uh, then mm-hmm. I, I think they will eventually get open. And I, I think Nussmeyer can do pretty well with them. Also, I don't – I mean, like, LSU secondary stunk all year, so I don't think, like, Wisconsin's not going to be able to move the ball through the air. It's just I don't know if they are strong enough in that aspect to really exploit that weakness. I think that's fair. RIP Outback Bowl. Yeah, I know. Black West Bowl is just too many syllables. From 1996 to 2002, this was a battle between Bloomin' Onion and Coconut Shrimp. I mean, Ryan Annie dressed up as the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the Bloomin' Onion was the SEC, and the Coconut Shrimp was the Big Ten, and the nation was deprived of Coconut Shrimp for years. (laughs) We had a shortage of Coconut Shrimp that was able to be served in Iowa. When you Not think, for any other reason, but the fact that the Big Ten couldn't uh, win this game in Tampa on New Year's Day. Because when you think the American Midwest, you think seafood. Like, that never made sense to me. Why wasn't the SEC the shrimp, and why wasn't the Big Ten the, the, the onion? The onion. Like, yeah, it would have made a lot more sense. But, you know, hey, I'm just just using logic here. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, uh, if there are any deals that uh, that we hear of, about this game, we'll let you know. Uh, give me Wisconsin. That's too many daggum points. That's 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 too many daggum points for the first game of the day on January first. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a head coach and Luke Fickle who was so committed to the postseason that he wore a headset before he was even officially in charge. Okay, <laughs> that guy takes bowl games seriously. This is yeah, that's true. It's his first season, but his second bowl game in charge of Wisconsin. Experience edge. 
Wisconsin, Luke Pickle. <laughs> All right, that's at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time on January 1st. Then uh, we get back into the New Year's Six action at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 11 local mountain time, right, in Glendale for the Fiesta Bowl. Yes. I don't know. Arizona. Arizona's Daylight Savings is weird because they don't have it, so I never know which one they're in. Oregon and Liberty with an early kickoff from State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. The Ducks have just my opinion here. Surprisingly low number of opt-outs. Um, okay. Oh, okay. And, uh, and and Liberty, obviously, uh, is going to be going into this, looking to play and keep this thing as competitive, try to knock, down, knock off the Ducks, shock the world and the like. Uh, Oregon 17 point favorites over under of 67 and a half. What are we doing? Ducks. Ducks. <laughs> it's not even like Bo Nix is op- is playing. That's awesome. Most of their skill guys are playing, but it's just the lines of scrimmage. Like I don't know how Liberty competes in that area against this team. Tend to agree. Yeah. Although look like, Oregon has to take this thing seriously because of the way the way that Liberty plays. Like if you don't prep for them, it can look like what Kansas looks like, right? You just have guys running wide open and it's it's just tough. So I I lean Oregon here, but that is a big number against a team that generally finds ways to get guys open. And Salter's a legitimate athlete. So yeah, but like Liberty has, you know, some important guys in the portal. I I lean Oregon here. It's gonna be tough. They'll probably the, score 50. The important thing to remember, too, is that there's never a crazy upset in the Fiesta Bowl. Never. Never, never does the team from the smaller conference ever mm-hmm. take down the power conference team that just missed out on competing for a national championship. Correct. It's never happened once. It's never happened. Um, Oregon team total over? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're if you're taking that, you might as well just take the 17 too. So it's I don't know, like my fear here is like we know who's everybody's starting for Oregon, but how long are they going to play and will they all finish? Like if Oregon gets up early, are we just going to go into cruise control? That's a good well, point. What was that? Uh, was it Marshall um, Ali? The Ali. Yeah, it's yeah. like he plays in the first half and then he comes back out and his day his night's done. Mm-hmm. And then what, uh, Corley for Western did the same thing against Old mm-hmm. Dominion, and then they yeah. came back and won? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, team total for Oregon at 42.5. It's not advantageous. That thing ticks down a little bit for, and it won't, but if that thing tick, were at 41.5, I could maybe jump behind it. But, um, yeah, I, I tend to lean y'all's way. I think that this is a, I think this is a Oregon live opportunity. Liberty, hey, how about this? Liberty comes out, first 15 are crispy. Maybe they spring, you know, Jamie Chadwell's able to scheme open a touchdown. All of a sudden, you're able to grab Oregon at something a little bit lower price. Jump on something like that. Yeah. I can see that. All right. Then uh, that is going to be, again, a 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. You can watch that on ESPN. And then on your other screen, 1 o'clock p.m., Eastern time, we're going to Orlando, Camping World Stadium, for a ranked-on-ranked matchup between Tennessee and Iowa. And but, yeah, ranked-on-ranked. 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 
the Nico era has begun. We just find out here on Wednesday morning that uh, that we, we are making that change at quarterback. What are you expecting in a very, very tough test uh, for the Vols offense going up against Phil Parker's Iowa defense? Yeah, because it, it looks like Iowa's pretty full strength on defense, right? I mean, that's going to be mm-hmm. a difficult challenge for Tennessee. But Nico, I think Nico's better than, than, than Milton. It's just, it's a really tough test. Um, I kind of want to watch it live to see the processing speed and to see how Iowa's playing this. As Iowa played one of these teams, like one of these veer and shoot style offenses, uh, I don't know if they have this year. I'm trying to but, think what bowl games they've played in. Like they've never played a Baylor. They didn't play Arkansas, did they? When Arkansas was running it. It's you know, not. I mean, it's not going to change anything that they do. They're just going to drop into zone. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, the the spacing is weird. Mm-hmm. I, I I am just genuinely curious how how I will play this. Um, hmm. Which, by the way, speaking of processing speed, let's throw this and the Fiesta Bowl on at the same time, and you will actually think that your television's like <laughs> sputtering again. One game, the Fiesta Bowl, which is at 67.5 on the total. This game that we're talking about now, the Citrus Bowl, 36.5. A 30-point difference in the totals between these two games. Yeah, I, I'm almost inclined to bet over here. Ooh. I mean, I, I was got to try to score some points, right? It, it, it's a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's have some. No, Tom. No. <laughs> why would, why would I remember? Don't you, didn't you remember what Kirk said? He only cares about wins per game, okay? It's not points per game. It's not yards per game. It's wins per game. 1.0. That's the ratio. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeez. I just, yeah, for me, this is just going to be like, Iowa does a very good job confusing quarterbacks pre-snap and just bringing pressure from spots where you're not really seeing it. It baits you into throws that you shouldn't make by making you think they're there, and then suddenly they're not. And you've got a very talented quarterback, but a very inexperienced quarterback going up against a defense that has a tendency to take advantage of that inexperience. So, but at the same time, you've got a scheme that is good at getting guys open and confusing defenses the same way. So it's going to be an interesting battle of, you know, scheme pretty much. So what's the pick? Under 36 and a half. Ooh, okay. Would you? Would, Too many dadgum touchdowns. <laughs> what? It's one o'clock on New Year's Day. Come Everybody on now. Hung over. I mean, we've we've got some uh, the to consider that Orlando and Tampa are going to be welcoming Wisconsin, LSU, Tennessee, and Iowa. I th- I think the state of Florida might be dry. <laughs> By January second, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are four fan bases that can show up in a town and uh, and and make their presence known. That's what happened at the first responder bowl yesterday, right? Yep, they SMU drank that stadium, stadium out of booze. <laughs> <laughs> the like, game sucked, but everybody had a great time. <laughs> it, uh, like live tweets going out. Section 102 and 104 still have beer. If you want beer before the middle of the third quarter, get to section 102 and 104. Mm-hmm. Yeah, principal under here. Come on. Iowa and Tennessee. All right. <clears throat> so 
Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We are going to be giving our in-depth sort of big game breakdown plus playoff locks. But first, this Moneyline Sprinkles segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. So here we have got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game slate. Uh, which games are we going to want to sprinkle? By the way, Weiss did not cash. So unfortunately, no. we were not 100% uh, with our bowl bonanza two, uh, but we do still have one, two, three, four, five, six wins on the board so far with our Moneyline Sprinkle segment. A reminder, if you're watching live, our sprinkles for the 27th through the 29th, uh, UNC, NC State, Kentucky, Miami, and UNC. Uh, so what are we going at for here for the December 30th and January 1st games? It, it turns out that uh, if you have five turnovers and you muff a kickoff, that is not a great recipe to pulling a Moneyline Sprinkle upset. No. Yeah, Rice. Um, Rice. Now we know who's drinking that beer. I mean, let's be- <laughs> dude, seriously. All right. Um, give me... Give me Iowa. Yep. All right, so I'm looking at FanDuel Sportsbook Plus right now. 250. All right. Give me Maryland. Why not? <laughs> Maryland. I don't know what they're at. I think that's around two to one, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm also on Iowa plus two fifty, which is how I knew it was plus two fifty. And I am taking sorry, Jordan. And I'm also taking Ole Miss plus one sixty four. Okay. All right. Well, um, uh, I'm not just doing this for the show, but of course I'm. We're going to Iowa. <laughs> I mean, we can't let his first start be against Iowa. Come on. This is this baptism by fire. You can't li- let Nico go out there. Um, yeah, so give me Iowa, and I'll also throw uh, a Wisconsin on there. Ooh. And um, we no, I'm not going to go full. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'll also grab Ole Miss, too. So Tom's on Iowa and Ole Miss. Uh, Bud is on Iowa and Maryland. Chip's on Iowa, Wisconsin, and Ole Miss. Again, we have uh, we brought home uh, Georgia Tech, South Florida, Coastal, Northern Illinois, and Air Force. So far, we're still waiting on some more results with our money line sprinkles. And this money line sprinkles segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. I um let's see from the tailgate. I think folks are making some poor comparisons. Tennessee is a mile ahead of the third best team Iowa played and behind the two teams that smoked Iowa. Is it? I mean, ten- Tennessee got blown out by Florida. Yeah. Well that oh, that did happen. <laughs> Listen, for me, it's just a young QB making his first start against that defense which is a team that just tends to do weird stuff. And they're also at full strength. So, you know, also, I mean, I might have. Go ahead. I might have taken Tennessee if Jordan hadn't scheduled the live in five minutes for yesterday's show at 9.55 p.m. Central. 
that was a great tweet to see go by last night as I was watching the uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Co- yeah. Oh, no. Podcast. We're live in oh, five no. minutes. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, it's a money line sprinkle. But you get a little out of rhythm sometimes playing against Iowa. You, you all of a sudden, like, snap incomplete, you know, run for two yards, snap incomplete. You might not see the ball for 15 actual minutes. I don't think it'll be 15 game minutes because I don't think I was going to get that many first downs. But you might not see the ball for, like, 15 actual minutes. It's gonna be tough, tough to stay in rhythm. Deacon Hill's had three weeks to get ready for this. Oh, man. That's why Joe Milton doesn't want a piece. Yeah. He's, he's he about to get... He, he's, yeah, he's he he doesn't he doesn't want to see that he is the lesser Joe Milton in this. I mean, game. it's it's been the holiday season, right? Like we're <laughs> we're not body shaming here, but like, what what do we think, Deacon Hill? Who's tackling is, that man? <laughs> I mean, since, since Thanksgiving, you had the Big Ten title game, and then, I mean, he yeah, he played a lick, and he delivered mm-hmm. on expectations in the Big Ten title game across the board. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Did what we needed him to do. He did exactly what we needed him to do. And now we need him to go and pull off an upset for the ages. Deacon Hill. Deacon Hill outduels Nico. There's your January 2nd headlines from college football. All right. We will be back again Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. DK will be back. He's been up. uh, He got pulled up into NFL duty up in New York, and uh, he'll be back with us for the full. It's like a big game breakdown and a playoff locks episode all wrapped in one inside the matchup. You know, we've been sitting here talking about, oh, opt-outs and transfer portal and who's even going to be there. Well, the conversation changes when we're competing for a national championship. That's what Michigan and Alabama, that's what Washington and Texas are going to be doing on January 1st. So we're going to give it the big game breakdown that it deserves. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at BloodLU3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.